you want to want to shoot more forward their vitals are pretty tucked up underneath that shoulder blade so you know like on a deer or elk or whatever you know you look for the shoulder blade and then you aim a couple inches back and you, you know you shoot you look for the pocket or whatever a lot yeah. of times guys aim for the pocket here they end up getting them a liver shot or in the guts shoot right for the shoulder like you were if you were shooting a gun okay, okay. like you wanted to make a high shoulder shot they don't yep. have a lot of armor right there there's not okay i've even done it with mechanical blades many many times there's the bone does not stop but if you're shooting a fixed blade it'll go right yeah i'll shoot a fix the draw for javelina is typically in end end of september beginning of october the draw will open and you know that we have three seasons you can apply for january archery which coincides with the archery deer which is probably the most popular of the three because people okay. just want to pick up a tag to have with them while they're hunting deer. and that is definitely the as far for an out-of-state person that is the hardest tag to get because it's the most uh. it's the most sought after for out-of-state and there's a cap so I always suggest that you wear layers, especially since you're going to be bow hunting. You know, we're going to be, you know, rival hunting You know, just may, may or may not be as much movement. Like we may not have to hike <laughs> yeah. as far. But, you know, bow hunting, you want to wear layers so that while we're sitting there glassing, you can have on a bunch of stuff and be warm and comfortable. And then we see something that we got to make a move on. You're going to want to be able to peel those layers off and go. Well, when you're sighting in, you're using your muscle. You're you, you're trying to muscle it into place and hold steady your crosshairs on whatever it is that you're trying to shoot. Well, the rear bag, the only muscle input that you're putting is your hand squeezing the bag. So if you squeeze the bag, it lifts up the rear of the gun, which drops the barrel of the gun. And conversely, if you let go a little bit, it lifts. So all you're doing is you're applying a certain amount of pressure to the rear bag to get your crosshairs to line up where you want them to. And once you have them there, once you have it to what you want it on, it's effortless to keep it there and it's rock solid. Hey guys, real quick before we get into this episode, I need you to do me a couple of favors. First, go give us a review on iTunes. Can't stress it enough. It's really, really important for me to help keep this free and to help me keep it going. Next, Get involved with your hunting rights. Go join Halfa Wildlife. Super simple. Takes a couple minutes. You can even do the free membership. I don't care. But be involved. Lastly, I want you to do yourself a favor and up your shooting game and go get you some Phoenix shooting bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20%. That's all I got for you. Let's get into this episode. Hi, welcome to Days and Wild Big Game Hunting Podcast, brought to you by Phoenix Shooting Bags. Today, uh, we got Armando Martinez. You might know him as the bow hitch guy. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about javelina hunting here in Arizona. What's going on, man? How much, brother? Happy to be here and excited about our hunt together. Yeah, no, it should be good. Um, so, Armando, we did a raffle for Howl for Wildlife for javelina hunt the proceeds went to Alpha wildlife actually went for not specifically to Alpha wildlife but Alpha wildlife was donating money to arkansas bear collaring project uh which i got to go on and uh go set traps and stuff for bear and um yeah it was pretty cool 
pretty neat thing. So Armando was the winner of the Javelina uh, raffle, which was a uh, fully guided hunt with me. Yes, Hooray. sir. Hooray, you won. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. Good, good, man. No, it should be a good time. We're, you're going to be here during the the ham season, which is handgun, archery, and muzzleloader. And uh, it's a good time of year. You know, they got chased around a little bit during archery season. But um, there's pretty big gaps. So I think archery season ends on the 20th or right around there of January. And this starts on the 10th of February. So they've kind of equalized a little bit. There's some. There's a youth hunt in between. It's a youth rifle hunt that starts the day after archery season and goes to the end of January. But right. um, there's not very many tags for that. Um, yeah, so good. should be a good hunt, man. I'm excited. Oh, so you're saying don't dress up as a javelina? I don't need my uh, javelina outfit? No, no, no uh, full body <laughs> okay. decoys. <laughs> okay. Okay. So... Um, anyway, so you reached out and you said, you, you know, you had some questions or whatever. Yeah. So I guess fire away, man. Yeah. I, I went through and had a bunch of questions. I just thought it'd be good for, you know, everybody listening as well as myself before I got there. So some of these questions might be pretty basic, but, um, yeah, but it's all anybody, you know, it's yeah, good. anybody. Yeah. So, uh, basically I wanted to, I'm pretty much just going to be interviewing you, I guess. So if you could just tell us what a javelina is, like, what am I? I've heard a couple different names for it. Pickerel, collared pickerel, or collared pickery, I think. Collared peccary, yeah. Peccary, peccary, yeah. okay. They are, I think, most closely, you know, you'll, you'll hear this thrown around a bunch, but they're probably most closely related to a hippopotamus. Hippopotamus, okay. In, you know, in the grand scheme of things, people call them rodents. They're not rodents. They're hoofed animals. There's no rodents out there with hooves. They're undulants. Um... <laughs> They are very, very pig-like, and people here in Arizona will call them pigs. We call them pigs. Okay. You know, stink pigs you'll hear them referred to as, or pigs, or, you know, javelinas. And the reason why they're called javelina is the little javelins, the little tusks that, then they're not always little, that stick out on either side okay. of there, just like a boar would have. So they are uh, hollow-haired creature you know so they typically don't love super cold weather but we're finding them further and further north and higher and higher in elevation so they they do adapt to the snow they're typically a tropical animal you'll find them a lot down in mexico and in the tropical belt and all that so in south america where are they from were they transplanted over here or did they just migrate from south america migrated Okay. Yeah, they migrated. Cool. They are what, uh, native to Arizona. Um, okay. For many, 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 many years. So I don't know. I don't do not know the origin uh, date of of when they arrived here, but they've been here for a long time. Copy that. What uh, I didn't have this written down, but as far as tusk sizes, mm-hmm. like uh, your when when you're. I've seen javelina, I've hunted javelina, but just with the rifle and we're not necessarily looking for the tusk as a indicator or uh, for a male or a trophy size 
or is there a particular size of tusks that how does that work typically especially what in the terrain that they operate in and where we find them you know the grass is pretty tall so trying to see what their tusks look like are going to be pretty difficult or we're seeing them from very far away if you were sitting in a ground blind and they were coming to a water hole or something along those lines you might have the um you know the opportunity to kind of size them up like that but we're basically looking for body size Okay. You know, the the large the males are definitely larger. Uh you could also tell by the head and the snout, the way the snout is. The females are sl- more slender, more almost pointy in the nose. Okay. And on a female you probably won't even see tusks. They have them, but they don't protrude out like they would on, okay. on a male. Copy. What uh, what other indicators to differentiate between a male and female? Is it mostly body size and head? Yeah, basically. There's not they there's all- not a whole lot. I mean, if you get a good look from behind, you can see their nuts and stuff. But <laughs> Okay. Yeah. yeah. What's the deal with the white stripe? Are some more just uh, prevalent to have that, or they all have a little bit of a white stripe? They all have a little bit of a white stripe. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. the collared, collared pecker. Co- yeah, okay. Collar. Copy. Yeah. Is there a better or worse time to hunt these? Their season sounds like it's two months in in Arizona. Does Um, does it matter? Well, actually, our season starts. We have over-the-counter tags, and those over-the-counter tags coincide with the archery deer hunt first start date. Oh, man. So they start as as early as August. Um, But the best time of year is – is when we actually have a season. And I, and, and I think mainly because they become very nocturnal when the weather is hot. Oh, so okay. they're very difficult to, I wouldn't say very difficult to find, but because you, if you know where they're at, then, then they're not as difficult to find. But <laughs> if that sounds, I we'll get yeah. to that a little bit, but um, the, um, they're definitely more active. When it's cold, they need okay. to feed more. They stay up longer. They don't go to bed. Uh, they do, as being even being a tropical animal, they do not like, like most animals, do not like to be out in the heat. So they'll go find a place to bed up in cool area. Copy. Is is this uh, the later hunts, the January February hunts? Is that breeding season? Is there a so, when, when do they breed? I. <laughs> I've had biologists tell me that they breed year-round, which I've also witnessed. Okay. Uh, very much like a pig would do. You know, we could have multiple litters. But typically, yep. yes, I would say it starts in the late fall, early winter, and then you'll see, you know, reds, which are the babies. You know, you'll hit see them hitting the ground in, in late spring. Okay. Late spring, early summer. <clears throat> What uh, are they? Are they kind of like the deer and the elk? You know, where the the boars or the bucks run around together until breeding season, or do the do the herds always typically have one one uh, boar with them? No, there's always there's I shouldn't say always a boar with them, but for the most part, there's always boars with the females. It's not like okay, yeah, and and I think that that is also due to the fact that they're able to breed year round. Okay. So whenever she starts coming yep. in the heat, he's ready. He's already there. Yep. Copy. As far as uh, shop placement, vitals, is there 
I mean, they're not a big, or go ahead, you can tell me, I guess, about the size of the animal. Um, I mean, a really big, big, big boar will get, I mean, we've had a couple that were in that 80-pound range, but for the most okay. part, they're, I'm going to say, somewhere between 30, 30 to 50. That's a big pig, not an 80-pound javelina. Yeah, those are the ones eating on people's <laughs> landscaping oh, yeah. and yeah. getting garbage and stuff. Um, you don't typically see that out in the wild. Yeah, yeah most most of those pigs are, you know, the 30 pounds is a big pig. And, 30, and then uh, I'm going to take my bow down. Mm-hmm. What uh, shot placement-wise, is there anything in particular? Are the vitals pretty standard or well, are you going to tell me to shoot? You want to shoot more forward. Their vitals are pretty tucked up underneath that shoulder blade. So, you know, like on a deer or elk or whatever, you know, you look for the shoulder blade and then you aim a couple inches back and, you you know, you shoot, you look for the pocket or whatever. A lot of times guys aim for the pocket here. They end up getting them a liver shot or in the guts. Okay. Shoot right for the shoulder. Like you were, if you were shooting a gun, okay, Okay. like you wanted to make a high shoulder shot, they don't have a lot of armor right there there's not okay i've even done it with mechanical blades many many times there's the bone does not stop but if you're shooting a fixed blade there it, it'll go right yeah i'll shoot no a fix yeah no, no problem okay uh but cool. yeah i i would yeah aim for the shoulder you know you could pull it back maybe just just on the edge of it and that'd be fine too but there's not a whole lot sticking past that shoulder blade uh as far as okay. vitals are concerned it's pretty tucked up there the majority of their weight and their majority of their weight and size is in their head. Believe it or not, their skulls are bigger than a bear's and the animals. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. so they're uh, kind of aggressive. They can be very. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If they're that. cornered or if they have young ones with them, they do charge. They have been known to uh, go on the offensive a couple times. Um, I've witnessed it with when I'm walking dogs or whatever. I've had it while hunting too, which makes them a great animal to call. They're pretty herd centric, so they're very um, protective over their young and and others in the in the herd. So, okay, you know if you mimic a wounded javelina, a lot of times you can get them to come. Uh, and typically, that's something we'll do if we bust a herd. To get them to come running back, we'll predator call at them. Does that sound? I had that written down too. I wanted to ask you: Are you running just kind of like a a closed read or an open read, uh, like a distressed jackrabbit or something? That will work, but typically there is an actual javelina distress call that works the best. Oh shit! Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, if you can find one, uh, they're kind of hard to find. Um, there's a, I think a website called Javelina Hunter. I think he's. He was the originator, I believe, of the actual call. Actually, I'm going to look that up while we're on, on here. Okay. No, that's cool. I, hadn't, uh, I like coyote hunting. I hadn't heard of the javelina. I know people call them. I didn't know there was an actual call, though. Yeah, the J, J13. J13. Yeah. Yep. And it gives you – yeah, it's a, it's a call. You can get a plastic or a wood one. Uh, it, it is on the javelina hunter website. They still have one for sale on there. Cool. I'll snatch um, one up. Yeah. He's got retailers too that sell it. Archery headquarters, one of our guys over oh. here. 
allpredatorcalls.com okay. has them too, apparently. Okay, I think that's where I saw it actually. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, I, I've seen that website, yeah. It, and you know what? There's some really good video too that um, the guy who invented the Schwacker Broadhead, he's got some great videos on YouTube of them calling in Havelinas. <laughs> so, cool. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, his whole family has been like doing that for a long time. And uh, have you ever been clipped by one? No, 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 thank God. Rick Farce is the inventor of the, of the original Schwacker Broadhead, which was called a Sonoran, and then sold them to uh, I think Hank Parker and changed the name to Schwacker. And he's still an engineer for them for that company, okay. But anyway, he's he's a big time Havelina caller and he's got a lot of cool videos. No, that's neat. And I think actually he makes one too. Oh yeah, the Havelina Blaster. He makes a Havelina call as well. Yeah, no, that's cool. We'll check it out. I'm excited to to give that a shot. Yeah. Uh, what else do I have here? Um, what? Uh, so you have not been attacked by one? No, um, I've been charged, but I've never. Yeah. Um, never got hit. Okay. No, never did. No, thank God. What, uh, as we're walking around, like, is there anything in particular, you know, certain animals have, I, I believe the javelina have pretty shitty eyesight, but, uh, what are their strong suits and what are their weak suits? Anything we're going to take advantage of? Well, they live and die by their nose. Nose. Javelina does have pretty poor eyesight when it comes to motion, motionless objects. But if you see, if you move there, they'll see you and they're gone. Okay. That is not, okay. they're, they have great sense of um, of movement, but do not or they're not very able to discern, you know, an object that's just like standing still from you know you standing still versus a saguaro cactus or something. Copy. They don't they don't see that well when it comes to that. Um, their hearing is good as well, but they're often in herds, so and the herds usually making quite a bit of noise so if you're not making a ridiculous amount of noise and there's enough of them typically whatever noise you're making they'll others will write off as another pig making noise okay copy that what's a, what's your average herd size is it i mean i imagine it varies but is it six ten or you're yeah. looking at big numbers over there uh, typically we'd see anywhere between four and five at the real low end to 15 to 20 uh and you can okay. you can see much larger herds we don't typically see i mean you'll see you here and there once in a while you'll see like a 30 or 40 you know to give running together but that doesn't happen a lot usually 15 10 or 15 is about the av- i don't know i don't, I don't even want to say average because it'll it all depends yeah, on you, you, it all depends know, on your but yeah okay yeah. Yeah. Where where I typically hunt, where we will be hunting, we'll probably see them in groups of, you know, seven to seven to fifteen. Okay. Cool. And then out of those, is the tag good for any one javelina or are we having to try to pick a bar out? Uh no, it is any any javelina. Okay. We'll just try that. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, and if you're I'm tracking. You know, if you're concerned about um you know, having a a nice memento, then you know you go for a bigger one. 
if you're more concerned about the table fare, a smaller one's going to be better tasting, just like anything else. Sure. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. What yeah. uh, As far as for, for Arizona, I know you had me get on. You want to just tell us a little bit about, okay, I want to hunt javelina and I want to hunt with, uh, you know, we'll start with on a DIY and then maybe you can tell me how to put in with you, you know, if somebody wanted to do it next year. Sure. The draw for javelina is typically in end, end of September, beginning of October, the draw will open and, you know, that we have three seasons. You can apply for January archery, which coincides with the archery deer, which is probably the most popular of the three because people okay. just want to pick up a tag to have with them while they're hunting deer. Sure. And that is definitely the, as far for an out-of-state person, that is the hardest tag to get. Because it's the most, uh, it's the most sought after for out of state, and there's a cap, you know, ten ten percent. Well, there's a cap on everything when you, when you're hunting from out of state, but but the thing is, it's the most sought after. There's not a lot of people coming here saying, "Oh, hey, I want to go hunt Avalina. Let me pick up a rifle tag or whatever." Um, they right, want they right. want to come for multiple species. So that that archery deer hunt coincides, like I said, with this archery Avalina hunt. So that is the most popular for sure. Okay, cool. Um, so you can apply for the, the archery, or then there's the ham hunt, which is what you're coming for, which is the easiest to get, and that's handgun archery muzzleloader. You can use either – you can use any of those three during that hunt. Um, and most of my clients I put in for that hunt because I know they're going to draw it. Um, unless they want to come for a rifle hunt. Rifle hunt's probably my, I shouldn't say most. Mo- most of my clients come for rifle hunt. And okay. I, think, I think that's just because of popularity of rifle hunting versus archery hunting. And the rifle hunt is the last of the three hunts. It's usually only a seven-day hunt. It's, the end of the, it's usually the end of the month. So like this year, I think it goes... Don't quote me exactly on the exact dates, but it goes, I believe, from, let's see, it ends on the Thursday the 2nd, so it starts probably Friday the 24th, so it's seven days, like, no, seven days, the 24th of February to the 2nd of March. And then the hunt that you are coming from is, I think, the 10th through the 23rd or it might be the 24th. It might, I might've been missed. Yeah. 10 to cool. the 23rd. So yeah. It's a little bit longer. Can you give you a little that's bit That's a generous, time? yeah. That's yeah. a generous season. Yeah. And then the archery hunt that's in January goes from the 1st of January to the 20th. I believe it is. I don't know. It might, it might be a little different date this year, but yeah, no, the 20th is Friday. Yep. First to the 20th. Sweet. Okay. Spending so. your time. And that, and then the the one that's in between would be a junior hunt, which is a rifle hunt, and that is the twenty first, I think, to the thirty first of January. In Arizona, does it have to be like a you guys have a hunter safety class that you have to go to, or how does that work to put my kids in with you for over there? For a kid, yes, you have to have a hunter. You don't have to have an Arizona's. You just have to have a hunter safety. So if you had it from New Mexico. Yeah, you can. Yep. You can that transfers over here. But uh, okay. any of the junior hunts that they apply for, you have to have had a hunter safety 
But if you're over oh. 18, you don't, you're not required to have hunter safety. Although okay. if you take a hunter safety course here in Arizona, you get an automatic permanent bonus point. They reward you for being. Oh, snap. I did not know that. Yeah. It's totally worth so it. So even if I have points right now, I could still take the AZ class and get another point? That is correct. Nice. Oh, sweet. Yep. Yeah. I have a few points, so that's that's cool. I'll, if I ever slow down, I'll, I'll take that class. Yeah. Arizona's uh, point system, in my opinion, by far is the best in the country. Yeah. Um, their draw system is the best. I mean, people argue with you. We don't have the opportunity that a lot of... A lot of other states have, but we also don't have the the population of deer and elk and whatnot that yeah. other states have. So that's why that is the way it is. But as far as a draw system is concerned, they reward you every year you don't put in, or excuse me, every year you don't draw, you're going to get a bonus point automatically. You don't have to pay for it separately. And... After five years of applying for that animal, you get a loyalty point, so they would give you another point, and then you get a, like I said, a permanent point if you put in for, or that is, you did not put in, but if you uh, complete the hunter's ed. So, like that in itself is great, and then it's you know, all these places that have preference points and squared points and this and that. Listen, right. like you reach a certain pool, you you reach a certain amount of bonus points, you're you're in the guaranteed tag pool for and you may not get it still because there might not be a tag left for you, but you're pretty much gonna get it within the next year or two if you're yeah. in the max point pool. There's you know, there's some resection the exceptions to that like we have talking sheep or whatever but because that's because the number of tags are very limited you know there might be 20 guys in the in the limited pool but they're only giving away one tag you know so it's right there's there is some of that but you know i i think it's the best and and i apply everywhere so and i'm not because i'm not saying i'm not saying that because i'm from here but it's yeah it's definitely the easiest to understand it works and plus you always have a mathematical chance whether you have one point or or twenty points, you always have a mathematical chance of drawing. Okay, that's good. Chip in the chair, buddy. All it takes. Chip exactly. In the chair. Yeah, I mean, we've guided people that had three points and drew a sheep tag. You know, that happens. It's, it, as far as this, is a little sidetrack, but as far as your outfitting business, what uh, what what all is? What do you offer? What species? Um, we pretty much guide for everything here except for antelope. Okay. Um, you know, antelope and <laughs> it depends if I have one or two guides that are very good bear hunters. Uh, if they are available, then, you know, we'll take the client. But for the most part, it's, you know, coos deer, mule deer, elk, and sheep are the main. Uh, we do guide bow fishing and, um, think we're probably going to get into bass fishing here too. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah. Well, I have guides that guide for other companies that uh-huh. uh, work for me full time on the hunting side. And then come summertime, they guide bass, you know, for other guys. But I think I might start offering it because we have the boats, obviously, and we have we have guys that are very good that work for other guys. So yeah. we might just start offering it here. But yeah, for the most part, it's the, I would say coos deer, mule deer, and elk are my three top, and, or I shouldn't say that because the is, 
you know, up until this year, this is the first year that I don't have a lot of javelina hunters. We, especially like in rifle season, I usually have a camp of like 10 to 12 guys and then, nice. you know, five or six for ham hunts and then two or three we have for a combination of deer and javelina during uh, archery. So it was a weird year. Didn't sell a lot of hunts. Didn't try either though, because I was super busy. <laughs> so that might have been yeah. that might have been it. I wasn't doing any marketing. Oh man, you're nonstop. Yeah, I yeah I could see that. Yeah, you're, it's yeah it's we just get caught up with all the crap we have going on and forget about a lot of other stuff that we typically do. And I don't know. Yeah, it gets tough. Yeah. So like for this hunt here, if the guys come in from out of state. Uh, I'm driving to you. Where am I going? And if I'm flying to you, what? Uh, tell me about getting to you and uh, the the accommodations for the guided hunt. Yeah, that's pretty situational. But okay. So for your specific hunt, basically what we would do is I would have you uh, meet me down in Tucson because we're going to be hunting down there. Typically, what I do a person will come in the day before. Like that evening before, uh, so the, the, this hunt starts on the 10th. They'd come in on the 9th, spend the night in a motel or hotel or whatever in Tucson, and then we would pick a spot in the morning where I would meet them. And then we'd go hunt for the morning, uh, maybe hunt all day. Who, who knows? Just, you know, if we get into stuff and we don't want to leave, then we might not leave. But at some point, we'll go check into the accommodations that I have set aside typically on those hunts those winter hunts i'm not doing trailers i'm not doing camps you know we i sorry we we might do trailers we might do camper trailers but i'm not doing tents um yeah it's either a camper trailer bunkhouse or a vrbo you know i have several people that i work with that we rent their houses so it'll you know 50% of the time it's a house and then 25% trailer, 25% bunkhouse, depending on the unit. Cool. So it's most of the time, most of the time as you come, you're going to be staying in a nice house. You know, Sweet. Uh, everybody has their own bed. You'll have their own room. You know, unless you're traveling with somebody, say if you're traveling with somebody, you know, you might be in the room with them or whatever, but depending on that situation. And then, uh, <clears throat> You know, you get three square meals a day, and uh, again, depends on the situation. If it's if I'm running a big camp, we'll have a camp chef. If not, it'll be you know myself or one of my guides doing the cooking. If it's just like a one on one thing, or you know, two guys mm -hmm. or whatever, that's pretty much it. Like I would say, most of the time on a on a javelina hunt, you know, a guy will come, you know, come with a group of guys. Usually, usually it's like. Two to, two to four guys will come together and, you know, we'll have a house. You'll get meals. They'll come in, like I said, the day before. They'll meet us. We'll hunt for three days and they'll do it as a combination hunt. And then, you know, for 500 bucks per day, they add predator hunting. And then we go do okay. some predator hunting. Uh, and, and then, again, it depends on which hunt. But, you, you know, you could do bird hunting. We could go do like a, you know, a quail hunt or or uh, doves depends on again depends on the time of year or whatever but that that stuff is always available like if you want you know do like a multi-species we could always add on 
predator hunting is the easiest because it's 20, you know, 365, you know, we can, uh, we could always a- add that on. Trying to think what other, you know, things, things that you should think about. Okay. That time of year, the weather, we could have very dramatic swings, especially if you're here on the January hunt. But even, even February, we could have single digits in the morning and then it could heat up to 70 degrees in the midday. <laughs> yeah, sounds like New yeah. Mexico. Exactly. Yeah. So I've had, I mean, just to give you an idea, and I, I believe I've told this on my, my podcast a couple of times, but I remember one time I was hunting in January for pigs uh, and deer with my, with my cousin and I got there in the morning and it was like six degrees and later that day it was 77 degrees. Oh my gosh. So it was like a 70, 71, 72 degree swing. Damn. Yeah. I think that's, that's the biggest swing I've heard of. Yeah. Like it's, that's, that's, it's pretty that's nuts. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's pretty nuts. Damn. Yeah. I mean, that's not super typical. I said your average temp probably would be somewhere, you know, low, low 30s in the morning and heat up to about 55, 60 degrees during the day. That's oh, going to be your, nice. That's going to be your typical. So I always suggest that you wear layers, especially since you're going to be bow hunting. You know, <laughs> we're going to be, you know, rival hunting. You know, this may, may or may not be as much movement. Like we may not have to hike <laughs> yeah. as far. Copy. But you know, bow hunting, you want to wear layers so that while we're sitting there glassing, you can have on a bunch of stuff and be warm and comfortable. And then we see something that we got to make a move on you're going to want to be able to peel those layers off and go. Typically on something like on an archery hunt, we're going to be doing like mostly spot and stalk. So we'll probably put a radio in your ear and we will, uh, you know, we'll sit back and we'll guide you in to, uh, into the herd and, and, you know, uh, give you, direction is where to go you know where Perfect. to go how to how to get there what to do what's the, what's the wind doing what the animals are doing and so on and so forth um so you know a lot of times we'll we'll ask you to bring an orange hat even though it's not required in arizona to wear orange during the firearm firearm seasons but that's so we can keep track of you yeah uh, a lot that's easier cool. so that'll work yeah um, yeah, I like I like hunting with the radios too with those earpieces. I think I run the same ones you do. Oh yeah, um, Titan radio. World, oh my gosh, world of difference. Yeah, yeah. And uh, some people don't like it at all. You know, um, I know Charles is one of those guys. That, he actually it messes him up. He does better. Huh. He does better without or with as little input as possible, unless I'm talking to him. I think. But when other guys are talking, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm talking well, to them, yeah. I know I I know what I I know what I need to say. Like you know. But, oh my gosh. So, um, dude, <laughs> I have a some of the I, I get what you're saying because some of the guys I go hunting with, I'm I'm like doing my thing and I'm super into it, and then it's like, hey, are you there? Yeah. Yeah. What's up? What's what's happening? He's still there. I'm like, oh my gosh, please <laughs> just don't. Don't just shut up, dude. Okay, yeah, I know. Okay, don't say anything, please, unless something is drastically changed. Let me do my thing. Yeah, it's funny. 
I'm not going to get into what I get over, what I, what we give as far as information, but it's, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that as proprietary, but you'll, you'll, yeah, see, you'll yeah. see how I do it. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I have an idea. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know, there, there might be portions of the day that will, will sit you on water or something like that. We're going to go with the, where the heavily you're at, you know, and yeah, we're going to, we're going to do, we're going to do what needs to happen, whether that's calling, sitting, stalking. Running, whatever. Oh, <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. Um, as yeah, far as gears, as far as gear is concerned, uh, obviously a rangefinder in your bow. Um, so I use. I particularly prefer to have small binoculars on my chest for stalking, and then we use like 15s on a tripod for glassing. If you don't mm-hmm. have that, not a not a huge deal. Um, I actually have a couple sets, and I'll. I'll I'll bring it. I'll bring those with me, um, so that my clients could could use that stuff. Um, I suggest a glassing pad. Yep, gotcha. Because, you know, keep the thorns out of your ass. Yeah. Um, Phoenix shooting bags makes it awesome. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, the glassing pad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they make the best around, man. It's light. Okay. And it's thick. It's comfortable. That's what I use. Cool. I'll, um, I'll order one before I head out there. I know you're coming with the with the bow, but might as well touch on this for everybody else. As far as like, because I get this question all the time. You know, what caliber should I bring? They're fairly tough animals. You know, I've seen some stuff that I wish I haven't seen, but you know, they're they can take they could take it. But a really well placed, just like anything else, a really well placed shot. You know, I've had two oh four. To 300, <laughs> 300 <laughs> you know, so, okay. but two, 204, 243, six millimeter Creedmoors, 6.5 Creedmoors might be a little too much, but those are all, all very good calibers. When you're shooting a rifle, it's really crazy because you either have really long shots, like three to, f- I said they're really long, they're not really long, like three to 600 yards. Uh-huh. Or, or really close shots, like fifty yards and under. Okay, it's that. It's because of the grass. It's because of the terrain that they occupy. It's really hard to be like, oh, I'm a hundred yards away from that. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna shoot it. You either gotta be right on top of them or far enough away that you're looking into what they're in. Does that make Coffee. sense? You don't have yeah, the as- you don't have the a- angle. You don't have the aspect, right? Coffee. And a lot of the rifle hunters, what we do. When I have these big groups that are coming in, um, Phoenix Shooting Bags actually puts on a shooting school, and um, they put on a shooting long range shooting school. You know, teaching you how to identify and also to make shots and long distances on on these animals and whatnot. And that's that's always a really good thing. So most guys will come in a day before and take that class uh, and be ready to go. Because I, I I would say like during a rifle hunt, it's the biggest thing, the hardest thing that people have is being able to find them in a scope. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, uh, they blend in really well. It's something I deal with a lot. So, but. Yeah, that's frustrating. That's tough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It could be. It can be. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, tell me, uh, and I've looked at the, the Phoenix shooting bags quite a bit. What, uh, want to just tell me a little bit more about those? Yeah, sure. 
Um, the, the front and the rear bag you have, or just tell me all. I, I have them all. <laughs> my, okay. My, well, my cousin Anthony owns the company, so okay. Um, I prefer to have like if I'm rifle hunting and I got especially if I have clients or I got kids with me, I prefer to take a medium sized bag okay. and as my front bag, and I'll use an extra. I'll use a small for the rear, not the extra small. It just lets people have a lot more motion, but you know they're so light. I, I mean, if I'm guiding, I'll carry them all. I'll, I'll carry okay. the whole the whole set on my backpack. They don't weigh anything. They don't really get in the way of anything. So it's really hard to explain because people are like, oh, it's just like you know whatever. I'll just throw it on top of my backpack and you know stuff my fleece in there and. It'll be the same thing, you know, but it, yeah. it's not. Uh, so, and uh, I don't know if you've ever used shooting bags. So I, I, I have, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So what it is, is if you put your barrel on the shooting bag, it nestles it in the way and controls the reaction of the gun, the recoil of the gun when you shoot. That's number one. But the rear bag, well, when you're sighting in, you're using your muscle, right? You're you, you're trying to muscle it into place and hold steady your crosshairs on whatever it is that you're trying to shoot. Well, the rear bag, the only muscle input that you're putting is your hand squeezing the bag. So if you squeeze the bag, it lifts up the rear of the gun, which drops the barrel of the gun. And conversely, if you let go a little bit, it lifts. So all you're doing is you're applying a certain amount of pressure to the rear bag to get your crosshairs to line up where you want them to. And once you have them there, once you have it to what you want it on, it's effortless to keep it there and it's rock solid. I mean, like if you put it in a vise and you completely, you know, had all these adjustments to, to get it that it's lined up and it's like that. It just sits there like that. And that, yeah, I've, I've taken people that are, have never shot past a hundred yards in their life to shoot, you know, 1200 yards without a problem. Yeah. Oh, they're amazing, man. I, uh, I, a solid rest is just something that um, until you've shot with it, you don't know how valuable, like you're not just squeezing the trigger, you know, you're picking a hair and hitting the hair. It's pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Phoenix shooting bags.com. Yep. Okay. Yep. I, I, I want to check out that, that pad also. Because I have some old foamies, I always just keep two or three of them with me for whoever's with me. And if, if it's just me, then I'm super comfortable. But uh, I, I do like a good pad that I always have with me. Yeah, they're um, they're nice. They're super nice. Do you have any like specific questions about actually hunting the javelina or? The, uh, yeah, I, I mean, spot and stock, I, I understand. Oh, I guess uh, target size kind of give me a, a breakdown so people, I, you know, um, never seen them. They're knee high. They're X amount of pounds, you know, and whatever. Yeah. My, like my vital signs. What am I, what am I looking at? A pie plate? No, definitely not a pie plate. I would say your vitals are about, and this is, the, this is the toughest part about them. I would say, I wouldn't, unfortunately we have a lot of people that come and gut shot them. We, okay. we end up getting them. But they gut shot again because the vitals are tucked up underneath that shoulder, 
and the, you know, I would say you probably got about a six and a half inch diameter circle. Okay. So there's not a whole lot there. Copy. For you to, to, for you to aim at. Okay. The topography, I mean, uh, from what I've hunted and what I've seen on your videos is kind of just some rocky mountain. And when I say mountain, I like rocky, hilly terrain with a lot of cactus. Um, no, they're mountains for sure. Mountains. Okay. Yeah. I, I, and, and it's mainly for the experience of it all, okay. but I mainly target the mountain pigs versus, cause you'll find them in all, in everything. They'll be, they could be down low. They could be in the washes. They could be in the rollers, the flats. We call them, they're never flat, but they could be in the flat. I don't like hunting them in that. Uh, okay. When you're hunting them in the flats, you're typically still hunting and just, you know, walking. I have, I have a guide that works for me that's excellent at doing that. And I don't like it, <laughs> you know, cool. yeah. for me personally, yeah. especially if I'm guiding you, it's not going to happen. <laughs> okay. I, that. I like to glass them up on big hillsides. I like to, you know, get them up in the mountains. Um, guys that work for me, like Shane is one of my main guides. He would, <laughs> he would, he always makes fun of me that I, I like to go after the ones that are in the hardest spots, but I just, it's, and we get them, you know, we get them, but it's, <laughs> we, we, I, I, I like, um, you know, I like having the experience of it all. So when you're, you're yeah. hunting with me, that's probably what we'll, we'll be looking at. <laughs> Got, put your sheet feet on. Yeah. Don't don't okay. don't don't uh, be surprised if we don't go. You know, and we might not. I don't know because the unit that that you have, a few of my favorite spots are like big rolling washes. So okay, we may not. <laughs> you know, it all depends. Cool. Um, well, yeah, I guess that's that's kind of important then, just for people who haven't hunted them who think, well, we're just going to sit here and not have to really hike too much. That could be a understatement of the century, right? We get that all the time, and, I, and when, yeah. I, when I'm dealing with clients, I do a pretty good job of interviewing them to find out what their abilities are, you know, yeah. and um, and I cater to hunt to them. So that that's the great thing about Havelina is that we can find them in terrain that is a lot less, um, you know. Uh, physically demanding we can okay. sit on water we can do things like like that to uh you know accommodate somebody who may or may not be able to you know yeah oh, and one of one of the videos that we have out that i have on my youtube is um when willie smith came out here from pure hunting uh, he's a good buddy of mine he actually might you know, he might join us oh cool there, i just, just i watched that video yeah okay now I killed when you saw me kill my pig on that video. Yeah, that was a fifteen hundred foot climb. Yeah, that to where those pigs were. Steep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I remember that one. I was like, "Yeah, John's yeah. gonna take me up there for sure." Yeah. No, yeah. The, the unit that you have, the unit that you have, we won't, we won't have that. We won't have that bad of a place. But okay. But uh, and, and and the unit that we were hunting for that. So this I had picked up that tag as a as a leftover. Oh. Okay. A, a leftover really late. So it was literally like the last tags that were available, and was the hardest. It's one of the hardest units to hunt 
pigs in one because there's a lot of private land and two because it's just all steep nasty broke up country and it's just not but it was one of those things i was like all right cool challenge acceptance accepted let's go let's, let's go yeah hey what happened to his gun um why was I, he so far off i honestly i i don't we don't know how it happened but it was off so we were we were able to get it back on you know i just set up like a little I set up a bottle we were shooting at basically and yeah and we got yeah. it so we got him dialed back in um, yeah dude i wish i wish you would have had your gun for that cougar oh i know god oh that broke i was like <laughs> i i can see the frustration in your face i was like oh my god if he would have had his gun he would have killed it but god I, that's the worst no i was and the funny <sighs> the funny thing was is before we left the truck that morning i'm like you know because i had my rifle there I'm like, hey, maybe I should. Because I had a, I, my, my tag was a rifle tag also. I, I opted to hunt with my longbow. You oh, my know? gosh. But um, I was like, eh, nah. I just don't want to carry it. I don't, I don't want to carry it, you know? Not, I'm, I'm, not hunt, I'm not hunting for me at this point anyway. I'm not yeah. going to carry it. Yeah. Oh, man. If I would have carried I could have shot him from where we glassed it from with my gun. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I could, that was for, yeah, I could see the frustration. Yeah, no, for sure. That's tough. Um, let me see, Bob, vegetation wise, what are they, what are their diet, uh, what's their diet consist of? They eat a lot, a lot of different things. They're omnivores. They will eat meat, they will eat bugs. But for the most part, their diet consists of succulents and tubers. Just like pigs, they do a lot of rooting. Okay. They'll, They'll root up root up stuff and you know um but they'll eat on you know cactus barrel cactus prickly pear cactus paddles all that stuff you'll see them and i'll show you where them when you're here you know how they rip in stuff and but a lot of times they're they'll they're digging for roots yeah they do a lot of root yeah yeah Yeah. um what else do i have here for you okay so say we shoot one Mm -hmm. we get up to it how different is it than you know your your deer? I know these they're pretty stinky. Like if a guy was to go out there and shoot one, how, how am I taking care of it different than anything else? Okay, so main concern is staying away from they got a scent gland on their back. Okay, and so when you're skinning them, you just want to make sure that you're not cutting through that because if you cut through that, it it'll get on your knife and then your knife taints the meat. Uh, and then it will taste like it smells. Yeah. And that's where they get all the bad, the bad rep is from that. But if you take all that off and you should avoid that and you do a very good job of infield care, the meat is quite delicious. Actually, it's very pork like it's light and delicate. It can be, it definitely lends itself to slow kick cooking methods like you know your, okay. crock, your yeah. crock pots and whatnot uh yeah. but you know like back straps and stuff like that you can grill those um i prefer stews and stews and crock pot and stuff with when it comes to javelina though um okay i have quite a few recipes on my blog that you can run me. if you go on there there's several on there tacos and you know pulled pork and then yucatan stew or something that i adopted from hank shaw um and uh yeah it's really it's really good actually my kids love it so 
and, and they're picky pains in the asses when it comes to food. <laughs> they all are, buddy. Uh, did you did you get a tag also? Yes, I have. Are you are you going to be hunting at the same time? Oh yeah, with me. I am awesome. What, when I when I found out that you won it, I was like, you know what? I know this guy, so I'm going awesome. to. Oh, dude, that's exciting. Cool. I'm definitely going to give you the first crack at everything, but I'm going to hunt okay. as well. Yeah. Shit. Well, uh, no, that's great. We'll go, we'll go one, 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 one on stocks. Yeah. That, that's the way I like to, uh, you know, everybody gets a chance. Oh, oh I want to watch you, uh, watch you work. That's cool. Uh, what else do I have here? Uh, okay. So say we shoot one, it's your average 35 pound boar. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what are we going to get off of a buck? 15 pounds of meat, 10 pounds of meat, probably. Yeah. Not much more than that. Not much. Yeah. Probably, okay, probably cool. less. Yeah. Yeah. And the, a nice meal for the family or two. That's yep. about it. Yeah. There's not a whole, like I said, a lot of their weights in their head. What, um, okay. As far as that's concerned, then if somebody wanted to say they go shoot one, it's their first pig, they want to mount it, but average price on a mount. And your favorite pose, or what? What you would recommend them doing to it? Um, I would say, you know, they definitely lend themselves a really neat European, you know, something that you could just put on a shelf, not hanging. Yeah. Because uh, the skulls, I always, regardless if you're going to mount it or not, you know, you should do a, you should do a, um, a European with the skull, and then they're really nice full body mounts, you know. I don't really like the shoulders. I don't really like that look. I mean, you could do like a pedestal coming out of the wall that kind of looks kind of cool, but it's a small animal and it kind of looks weird, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah a, I agree. If it's just a head. Yeah, yeah I know. agree. Yeah, I, I, I like full body mounts on them. As far as pricing is concerned, I don't know. They keep friggin' changing shit, so I'm not gonna yeah. throw that out there. I, yeah, I have a, a couple call. couple of local guys that I work with that uh, do an excellent job with them, and you know, I give you the options to to work with those guys, and or you know, you can always you know prepare it and take it back with you. Cool. Any particular gear where you're like, hey, I mean, I know when I have guys coming into Mexico, it's like, hey, you need to have X Y Z. Is there anything in particular where that you send out or somebody's coming west to tell them you're, you're, you know, you're pissing into the wind if you don't have a certain, yeah, whatever. Just those things that we talked about earlier. Uh, I really suggest, you know, having a good set of handheld binos for your chest, uh, wind checker, um, and range finder, of course. And, um, you know, like I said, if you don't have a tripod in 15s or whatever, big binos or I don't, I mean, for having, you know, I don't think you need a freaking spotting scope because we're not, you know, yeah. we're not trying to judge inches. Right. That's the only time I ever really use a spotting scope when I'm trying to size up something. Um, you know, if we're looking at Havelina with a with a, a spine scope, that this the conversation is more like, do we really want to go all the way up there? Yeah, um, yeah, John, John, it's your turn. <laughs> yeah, so, we'll um, you know, uh, sneak tech boots or something like that are really effective in this country. Okay, uh, and help you keep your sound down. Yeah, they're awesome. I, uh, or or you know, moccasins cool, or some sort. Yeah, 
Yeah, Jeff's a great guy. I love Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, super cool dude. Yeah, I've seen you uh, use his stuff. We got a pair also. He's a he's he's hella cool man. I like him a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. I used to be sponsored by them. Actually, the podcast used to be sponsored by them, but uh, I got away from that uh, that traditional. Um, okay. You know, the only reason why, um, like I said, the uh, that I do the Phoenix shooting bags thing is because. He's my family, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, no. Otherwise, I'm not. Uh, I'm trying. I'm. I'm trying not to be a cheerleader for anybody <laughs> at this point in my yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's hard, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, especially you have a good platform. Everybody wants to, uh, you know. It's just that it, it's a interesting world, man. Us getting into. I've been in the hunting industry my whole. Well, I've been hunting my whole life and doing that type of stuff, but. On this side of the business part of it, it's a different world. Yeah, it seems like <sighs> you've, you've been you've been getting some traction with that. The, everything going good with the bow hitch? Yeah, it's going really well. Just slowly, but I just want to do it like you're like you know organic, slow. Mm-hmm. I don't want you know I'm not going to pay somebody to be a cheerleader if somebody likes the product and I love it and I'll help them out and endorse them however I can. But it's just that fine line of it's not even a fine line. I guess it's just hey, you do like this product, then fantastic. You know, I'm happy to help support you, however, but if not, that's okay too. You know, we're, there's a million different products for everything for a reason. Or, you know, like the shooting bags, you make a great shooting bag. Is there other shooting bags? Is somebody going to say they don't like yours for some reason? Yeah, and it's fine. It's okay. So, yeah. I don't know. There's a side tangent, but yeah, it, it's cool, but it is... Uh, just a different world where we're, we're growing slowly, but surely, but it's nice and organic and people who actually want to use it is cool. And if not, then that's cool too. Nice. Yeah. Whatever works, but I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I, I couldn't be more excited. I got the dates blocked out and I'll be, I'll be ready for you. Awesome. So, uh, that's it. Um, Sounds- if I was going to, if I was going to book a hunt, it's just, uh, it's Days in the Wild. It's John Stallone. What's the outfit called if I wanted to just book straight with you? Yeah, Days in the Wild Outfitters. Uh, you Outfitters. can go to com. That's also where the podcast sits. Um, if you, you know, when you get on that page, is a landing page, and you could go either the outfitting side or the podcast side. Or, you okay. know, most, I would say nowadays, most people just hit me up on Instagram or Facebook and say, hey, I want to book on. But, okay. Um, yeah, that or it comes to me through one of the uh, one of the uh, brokers that we we work with. So, how, how many people can you take hunting at a time? Like, if uh, depends. What what is the what is the Arizona party uh, application look like? How many people? Four. Four. Okay, like That's, New Mexico. Yeah, for application parties, four. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, we, like we've had giant groups here for Havelina is one of the ones that I could do. It's one of the ones that a lot of guys will do as like a, you know, like a good guy trip or a bonding trip or a, uh, yeah, bat, we sure. do bachelor parties all the time. Bachelor parties seem to be either predator hunting or Havelina hunting uh, or, cool. or bow fishing. Um, Sweet. And, uh, you know, we'll get groups of 10, 12. I could do 16 at a time yeah. with ha- with Havelina. Awesome. Um, bow fishing, I think the max we could do is, well, if we run both boats, probably 
closer to 10 guys, but then everybody wouldn't be on the same boat. As, yeah. And have only, and predator hunting, I could probably do, well, we could do probably 16, but all of them wouldn't be together. You couldn't do really more than three guys, more than three guys, three to four guys together. Yeah. Um, you know, they would be separate, hunting separate of each other, but, you, you know, you could stay in the same place and do whatever shenanigans yeah. you want to do after the hunting. each other. Yeah, exactly. Lie to each other after. Exactly, but deer hunting, no deer hunting. We limit to like no more than four. Okay. Yeah, it's a little different. Um, Cool. So elk hunting, I don't do more than two in camp at a time. Sweet. Sheep hunting. uh, Two. Do you do two on ones, or you have you and then another guide? Uh, me and uh, an elk, it would be definitely me and another guide. One on one, okay. Yeah, elk is always one on one, never two on. Okay, cool, um, love it. And uh, deer could be a two on one if it's a rifle hunt. If it's an if it's a archery hunt, it's always one on one. We also offer two on one the other way around, two guides and one hunter. And depends on how high high profile the hunt is. A lot of times we we'll yep. do that. Yeah, yeah. So well, that's good. Yeah, they. Uh, that's money well spent for a new hunter, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. All right, man. Well, I think we covered it all, hopefully. I don't know. I really wasn't uh, keeping track of what we talked about. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have any more questions, so uh, I guess we'll figure the rest of it out when we get there. Yep, absolutely. I appreciate you uh, coming on, and then, and uh, I look forward to, work, to uh, hunting with you, man. Yeah, me too, brother. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. See ya. Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out the show. Really appreciate you. Keep those reviews and those comments coming. Helps us keep this free. Do me a favor. Go check out Phoenix Shooting Bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20%, all one word. And check out Howl for Wildlife. Thank you very much, and we'll catch you on the next show.